Triple M's Real Football Show. Where Chris Dittmar, Albie Kidd and Val Migliaccio discuss the biggest issues affecting fans of the round ball. Terrific run and a super finish. The Triple M Real Football Show. Albie, I've got I've got another legend next. Right you next to you. You're the legend. <laughs> I've got a massive legend and I've enjoyed watching him play. And, uh, he still looks fit, by the way. I'm, he does. I'm very actually, envious. Yeah. In the mic. Judging by some of the signings lately <laughs> that have coming through the A-League, he's not far off but from getting signed. <laughs> Marcello Karuska, welcome. Thank you very it's much. It's great to have you in the studio. And uh, it's a massive, massive show this week. Johnny? Yep. It's going to be huge today. Uh, Val, can't wait. A lot of news in there. Can't wait. There's, there's some incredible news. And, <laughs> and we're going to speak to a journalist who broke some, I think, Good exposure, and hopefully we're going to mm. clean the game up with Lisa Devano. So Michael Kane, he joins us, and he was also the first journalist to speak to the legendary soccer room Mark Viduka, making uh, coffees, wasn't he, over in Europe? In Zagreb, yeah. it, it was a great, it was a great story, and and then obviously you know he he uh, with Lisa Devano, there's shocking re- revelations coming out, and you know it's been ongoing now for the past what three and a half weeks. So we'll speak to him now. Yesterday, guys, um, we'll touch on this. Josh Cavallo from Adelaide United, he broke some personal news. It was controlled by the club. Channel 10, obviously the host broadcast, he's come out to say that that he's gay. I've noticed on social media, he's picked up something like 16,000 followers, by the way, over the last 24 hours, which is great for his profile. He's been endorsed by... Some of the great clubs of the game yeah. who have actually supported him. Um, Arsenal, Liverpool, Juventus, Barcelona, yeah. Antoine Griezmann. So, for, for obviously, Josh Cavallo, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is because uh, now I feel like he got that pressure out of himself and now he, he can, I can imagine now playing the game mm. even better. He's an amazing player. Now I, f- I think he's, he's going to be amazing. I'm, I'm looking forward to see him playing the league again this year. Yeah, I, I would endorse that, Cello. A lot of weight off his mind now, the kids, and uh, he is a good player. Uh, but when you're playing with that uh, in the background, I would suggest that would impact on his performances. So I think he's got a clear mind now, and I think you might see better things from the, from the young lad. Yeah. How about this, just coming through now? Zlatan Ibrahimovic. To Josh Cavallo and Zlatan, he, I love the guy. Yeah, you are a champion. Footballers for everybody. He spelled it wrong. Football Zlatan. Big respect with obviously the the inclusive flag. Yeah. So there, there's another big name endorsing it. It's and just then incredible. Gerard Piquet last night. Uh, FIFA, EPL, list goes on. And some um, big clubs like Juventus, your club, Val, um, Barcelona, all getting behind him, which is incredible. And it's a little bit of a shame that someone has to. Uh, we're in this situation where they have to promote it on uh, social media to say they're gay. It should be we should be welcoming sport. Uh, football is a welcoming sport, and uh, bring it's a massive community. So uh, it's hopefully th- this uh, news from Josh Cavallo will open the door for many young players that don't have to hold this secret for six years and could just be themselves and play the game of football. Yeah. And that's what we want in this game. And and um, I'm very proud of uh, Josh Cavallo to be able to open up and uh, be one of the first in. The A League to do it as he's an active player. It has to be said, to be quite frank, Mm. given the society we live in now, 2017, gay marriage and stuff like that. I'm still surprised that it still has to be said because I, I, I accept everybody. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing. What was uh, really good, lads, was um, the footage that was seen on the television last night where he was in the dressing room, mm. um, you know, he was, you know, the, the, his teammates were really, looked very, very happy yeah. uh, happy about what was going on there and, uh, you know, the, Roscoe was there and, and Carl and whatever and, you know, obviously it's um, uh, a thing that, um, you know, you need to pass comment on but I'm with you, Val, you're in this day and age, that's how how things are hmm. and so people should feel free to sort of come out there and be yeah. part of the whatever you're playing golf or or individual sport or um any team sport i think it's imperative that that you know that but cavallo coming out like that that'll that'll assist more kids to yeah. come out given that they're in that 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 certainly area absolutely and uh the other thing is, well, a lot of, unfortunately, there's stigma in some industries to, for people to come out and they don't feel comfortable coming out. But so the support that's been shown by all these big support uh, players and clubs now should be a great example to all the other um, players out there that yeah. they can uh, be who they are. And he wasn't the first. It's been reported he was the first. Brennan, um, ex-Newcastle Jet, he, he came out and he plays for Hume City. It's part of life now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I always say when we talk before, um, football is about enjoyment and uh, having fun and he's now better for him he's going to be yeah. happier mm. uh, I'm very also very proud of what he yeah. has done and one thing you just said there Val he's, I think he's um, what he's put out there as well is that he's one of the the first active players um, to be to yeah, come out some, him it's reporting profe- that's yeah. coming out and also professional wrong. players because there's all different levels of players that have come yeah. out but it's only a handful it's not as many as you, you would think and um yeah. But um, I think the words have been muddled up a little bit. But um, it's been reported yeah. wrong by major news outlets. It's first in the world, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, let's get that straight. But let's uh, let's move on. Well done for Josh Matildas v Brazil, and that was two two the other night. And I'm really concerned. And this is another one. If we don't get the proper critique on the Matildas, I'm concerned about the 2023 World Cup. You're leading two nil. There was nothing at stake in that game. It's a friendly match. The tackle tackling was hard. We got absolutely pumped in the midfield, absolutely drilled. And our defence, it's copping, it has not yet gone with a clean sheet, I don't think, after uh, Gustafsson has taken the team. I'm, I'm concerned about 2023. I don't know about you guys. Uh, I haven't watched a game, to be honest. Okay, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched the game either. No comment. <laughs> I only saw parts of the game, but it was. Yeah. I saw the, I've seen um, the highlights. Yeah, the, there were some good goals in there, and uh, there are some, like you said, Val. There are some parts that they need to work on before the twenty twenty three World Cup. But what do you think? The way they've played in this tour, uh, these two games, friendly games, compared to the Olympic games, are there any things, any improvements that you saw? No. Particularly, no. No, they played at home. They got a crowd, and that that sort of gave me the adrenaline. They're still. Flaws in that side that need to be fixed up, massive flaws. Yep. And uh, I don't know. After so many games, I don't know how many games he's had him in charge. They're not getting picked up, mm. and I'm concerned about uh, the worst thing that could happen to us. The home World Cup is bombing out in the group stage. It'll be an absolute disaster. I remember the Olympic Games 2000 when the the Olympic team and they they were fantastic. It was a fantastic side, and many played at the World Cup in 2006. Yep. We bombed out. In the group, and mm. it was a disaster. Well, looking at the, um, uh, sorry, Johnny, looking at the 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 time frame between now and the two thousand twenty three, um, 
there's got to be, I would assume that there's got to be players coming through the system that might be in that squad. Well, Mary Fowler's like, she's the, she's the the shining light out well, of that team. Well, I would suggest Val, five or six players would be probably on the, the fringe of getting into that uh, mm. in the squad. But I, so. I don't, I'm not too, too, I think the personnel is okay. Okay. so It's, you, it's the structure. The actual structure I'm, I'm not yep. comfortable with. And okay. Should, should that be a bad sign as well that the first the uh, first goalkeeper uh, goal goal scorer in both games was Claire Polkinghorne? She's a defender. Is that a little bit of a worry for no, our not attack? Not really, because she was up with set pieces and and that's what she does. But that's mm. a good part of the game. The main concern is there's two nil and and you know you into the second half they yep. should be locked up. Kill Lock, the game close off. the door and and you know let maybe they get a consolation. But to go two two mm. against Brazil, who got better as the game progressed, and Brazil. Fan, and, and you'd know, Cello, the South American footballers, they're just in a different league. If Brazil was physically, how can I say, capable as Australia, they would wipe any team in the world because their skills are out of this world. They yeah. really are. Yeah, but every, every country, let's say, had different strengths. And I think uh, Brazil is uh, very, very skillful, the players. And, mm. and we got more physicality, I guess. So, yeah. I think the one distraction there as well is it's a friendly match. Mm. And regardless of what you say, Val, regardless of what the, the level is, you know, we've all pl- played in friendly games and sometimes you do t- take your foot off the pedal a lot because you don't want to, you know, get an injury in a friendly game. But a game that matters against Brazil, I think yeah. you might see a different Probably approach. right. Yeah. Now, you know the other thing that actually annoyed me a lot? About this as well. So we've got the national team playing. We've got Adelaide United playing a friendly in a suburban ground. And I'm thinking, come on, guys, get get it right. You didn't have to play that friendly at the same time. We've got the national team. It needs a big TV audience. Play that friendly game another night. Well, the t- the t- it didn't really affect the TV audience at all. No, you- but it's, it's still our national team. Absolutely, they're, they're, yes. they're our number one vehicle, and they've got a they've got a ladies team in the W League, and they did it as well with the Socceroos played a couple of weeks ago. There was a match on at the same time. You do that in a country that takes football seriously, like in Argentina. You, you have Boca playing a friendly against Argentinos Juniors or River Plate, while Argentina national team plays. What would happen in the streets? Man? Yeah, everything is stopped. Yeah, but I'm, I disagree yeah. with it totally. No, it's a good point you make because we should support the national team, and, and yeah. people should, you know, structure their, their their friendlies or their games around the national team. You exactly. know, like so, any any national. Uh, you know, whether it be England or Scotland or Argentina or whatever, that that wouldn't happen because it's a serious, you, you, serious you game. for your national team, man. Well, it's yeah, it's, we just continually shoot ourselves in the foot, Val. Can't work so it somebody out. has to stop stuff like that. Now this uh, FFA Cup, I'm hearing that you know Adelaide City last week called for victory to to forfeit their FFA Cup match so they could play their cup match before December because Adelaide City they're now champions. By the way, they, they had a, a great win Friday night at Martin in front of a great crowd. But I'm hearing now that Glory might have to forfeit the game because of McGowan, their, their premier, not opening up the borders. And, you know, if you're off-season by a couple of months, Jello, what chance have Adelaide City got against either Glory or Victory if it does happen? Yeah, unfortunately, no chance at all. Yeah, it's going to be very, very high. So, yeah, let's see what happens. COVID. COVID, I know. Responsible. Okay. Coming up uh, shortly, Michael Kane, brilliant journalist, and he's based in Newcastle. Mark wraps around Jenna McCormick, trusts herself for pace to beat Tori Toom. It's still Lisa Devanna. Devanna with the shot. 
Now she gets her just reward. Lisa Devanna, so many assists, so much work and attack. Lisa Devanna has her 40th W League goal. Okay, uh, over to Newcastle now, guys. We've got a freelance journalist, Michael Kane, who's broken some pretty big stories. One came out last year. It was a great one for television. Mark Viduka. He found Mark Viduka over in Croatia and making espresso coffees in, in Zagreb. <laughs> And lately, there's there's been a massive one that uh, Michael's been a, a huge part of, and that was Lucy Devana, the uh, the former Matilda, 150 caps, an absolute legend of the game, coming out and saying she had been harassed, bullied, and stuff like that. Michael, welcome. Hi guys, how are you? Good. Now, over these past few weeks, and we've read now numerous stories, and Lisa said in her own words what she thinks about the situation. I think. I want to have this conversation journalist to journalist because, I'm, I mean, it's wonderful that as a journalist you're actually getting stuff out that, in my opinion, over the last few years, journalism is slowly dying in the game, which is a bad thing. So as a journalist, you've reported, I think, the biggest story coming out for women's football. How have you been treated, firstly, and then we'll get into the uh, how, how you got the story out. Uh, look, I've been, I've been treated well in, in, in regards to other journalists um, because again this has been the elephant in the room yeah. for many years um, people know it's been going on but they haven't reported it and and since I, I broke this story you know there's been you know, I've been getting you know direct messages from from other journalists saying you know well done you yeah. know we would have loved to have done this you know and um, keep going you know yeah. this, you've only it's only the tip of the iceberg which it is wow um, but it's sort of it's sad in a way that it's sort of I've had to do this and it's almost like in any other story, you're always trying to get the best angle because you know everyone else is chasing it. Yeah. I'm, this is almost like I feel like I'm at the, the buffet, like the smorgasbord, oh, wow. and I can just take my pick at whatever I want to do with this because it's, there's so many different angles. And we're not just talking about present day. We're talking about you know 40 years ago in the 80s. Um, it goes another, back that far. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, and I, I, I picked up another couple of stories again. You know, yesterday from things that happened in the eighties, and I, again, I, I have to get this over the line through legal. But yeah, it, and out of all these stories that I've done, there's probably and and also you know, the, the, um, you know, Julian Linden and also um, Selena Steele from the from the News Limited as well has done a, a fabulous job. You know, helping you know get these out as well. There's been. For, for every story we've got out there, there's probably been another five to ten that we haven't been able to due to legal reasons. Five to ten stories that you've seen him. Michael, wow. uh, journal, it's a tough gig these days and really sympathetic towards you, your case here. But, you know, I guess you're trying to paint a picture uh, and report uh, accurately on, on, the, on the situation at hand. You, you must feel very frustrated there because it is becoming quite onerous for you guys uh, out there. It's, it, it is, um, mainly because, I mean, again, when a, a big story like this breaks, um, or, or you, you know about a story, uh, to me, as a, as a reporter, it's, a, it's like a, it's in your DNA as a journalist to, to want to report it, to, to get it out there, and to know that it hasn't been touched for all these years. <laughs> and, and you know with good reason, because, again, that even with the way, that, what, the way it's played out since this is, was broken, um, they've tried to change the narrative um, to make it look like it's, you know, uh, it's, it's gay bashing, it's homophobic, which has nothing to do with that whatsoever. We're talking about crimes here. And yeah. um, 
and that, that's that's the disappointing thing is that it's almost like some of the other outlets have probably missed you know dropped the ball um and the only way to go is to go on the other side of the fence by you know depicting it like that but it's not because again there's there's been some stories out there with of male coaches doing some inappropriate things with females as well mm. but mm. it doesn't seem to matter with that narrative because they seem to keep banging down that uh, banging that drum Hey, Michael, it's Johnny here. I, I'm not a reporter at all, but something as big as this story, it's probably one of the biggest stories to come out of football in a while in Australia. What goes into uh, breaking this story out to the media? Well, well with this one, um, after I did the Baduka um, one, which I think we'll get to you know, a little bit later, um, someone asked me what, who'd, who'd be the next person because I, I'm all about – I love doing stories on people that you, you haven't heard about. You know, someone like a Peter Wilson, you know, the captain of the Socceroos back in 74 who <laughs> has never been sighted. You know, he's living in Wollongong somewhere and doesn't want anything to do. Something so exclusive that people will go, wow, you know. And I, I think I said to the person that asked me who'd be the next subject, and I, I said, I think Lisa Devanna because she's always had something to say. It's almost like she's she's – held a lot of you know, a lot of things back um mm. and she she's someone that speaks her mind but you know that she hasn't spoken it in regards to what she's actually wanted to say so when i approached her you know again it was it was a tough one because it was about 12 months ago she was still you know had the hopes of making the olympics and she, but she was very unhappy with the way she was being treated um um she was sort of on the outer especially pretty much since the, the 2019 world cup yeah um didn't get on with Ante Milicic all that well, which doesn't help. Um, but I think also, too, you remember, she's on 150 caps, one more cap, and she equals Cheryl Salisbury's all-time record. And I think she probably thought, you know, like as much as she values the caps um, and, and, and believes that you, you need to earn the caps, I think she believed that she pre- at least earned some type of testimonial game to equal that. Like Tim Cahill got a, got a game, a farewell game. Um, and she probably would have been happy with that, you know. Um, but again... Even if they offered her two caps now, that you know, to, to break it, but she'd probably turn it away because yeah. she hasn't earned it. But getting back to that, I wanted to do a, a story on her life. Uh, you know, it's been an ups and up and down life, and where she's been at the top of the game pretty much from the age of sixteen all the way through. Yeah, she's a footballer down to her bootlaces, and that's all she knows. Um, so when we, I started doing this, you know, these the, some of the questions, all of a sudden she's starting to bring out some stuff that I'm going, wow. This is sort of starting to dwarf the story in itself. This yeah. is becoming a story within the story. As a good journalist would know. And and and, and again, you know, it's even with Viduka, you know, that, that same thing happened when he started, you know, saying you know, saying some, some stuff about Lucas Neal. You know, it was almost like yeah. I was doing I'm, I'm there doing stuff on his career and all of a sudden he's dropping these bombs. <laughs> um and, and it's like, Great. wow, this is this is this is becoming bigger than this than the story the better- <laughs> what it originally was set out to be. That's great, but but Michael, I mean, obviously, I've dealt with Lisa Devana on on tour at the World Cup and stuff like that for the Matilda's Asian Cup, and I get I got to meet her mother and and, and Jordan, so it's a bit of a family thing. How did you gain her trust? Because a lot of this stuff we're, we're doing stories such as this, the journalist needs to gain the trust of the subject because if you haven't got the trust of the subject and you print a story yeah. like that, you've lost not only Elisa Devani, you've lost the entire football community. How did, yeah. how did you gain that trust? Um, look, a lot of, a lot of talking with her. Um, and, and that's so important because again, you can, you can do an interview with her, you know, and you won't probably get the real Lisa Devana um, until you actually earn that, that trust to the point now where God, I, yeah, she, she probably, 
speaks to me or thinks of me like a brother oh, cool. <laughs> because no, we've spoken great. we've spoken that much about this and even to this day you know she's still mm. worried about how she's depicted in all this yeah. and 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 she feels like you know i'm going to be the most hated matilda in history for this i'm like no you're being revered because you've Absolutely. actually spoken out yeah. um but she in her mind you know you got to remember too this is the big thing here with lisa is that to 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 be that good over 20 years she's had to walk on both sides of the fence and what i mean by that there's you know there's always you know factions within teams yeah. but she has to be friends with everyone it's like in the schoolyard you know where you know there might be two friends that you know that they're fighting but you're the one in the middle yeah, yeah. but you have to some walk that line to to be friends with both and with something like this this has actually torn that apart you yeah, know ripped yeah. it down the middle yeah, yeah. and a lot of friends that she thought were friends are now not her friends yeah. because of, of this and it's it's really hurt her and it's it's more than just this story like it's really you know it's 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 upset her to the point where she she actually finds out who her real friends are. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and then the other side of the the spectrum as well, you, you're probably up to speed with Adelaide United's Josh Cavallo coming out, but that the narrative was controlled um, by the club and obviously the, the host broadcaster and stuff like that. How do you perceive that one? I think it's great. I mean, it's great. I mean, look, you look at the, the law of averages, there's a lot more, you know, gay men playing soccer in this world. There has to be, you know? yeah. um, and not just soccer, but all, all types of sports, you know. But it's it's great that I, I think you know, some of the images of, of the the way the teammates reacted, you know, to, to his announcement yeah. was brilliant, you know, because again that's acceptance. And uh, and I, I, I watched the interview. I think it was on the on Channel Ten last night. It was yeah. a great interview where he, yeah. you know, he was holding on for this for for six years. It was like a, a pressure cooker, you know, yeah. a valve, mm. and and now it's let out. And, and he, he's a great player anyway for such a young. A young boy. Um, yeah. Imagine what he's going to be like now, where he's got that. He has to, has to worry about that. Yeah, exactly. And just just yourself personally, because you're a freelance journalist. Well, breaking stories such as Lisa Divana, Mark Viduka was a great feel good story. But Lisa Divana, what does it do to your career in this environment? Because I've seen journalism change dramatically, especially in the last four or five years. Well, it's probably. Uh, when you think of it, it's, it's in a in a weird way, in a, in a stupid way, it's it's probably not a good career move. Uh, if you want to stay as a you know, if you want to stay as an acting active journalist, a full time journalist, because you know the A League, the APL clubs, you know, the, their media department, they won't hire me. The FA certainly won't hire me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the thing: is a lot of the journalists are going to these P, you know, these PR roles. Really, they're, yeah. they're journalists, but they're really just writing, you know, like lollipop flary floss stories which is great you know you've got to have no, those. no it's not but who no, was, i don't, I don't but who, read it but, 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 but who was but who was you know who was going to 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 make people accountable you know and the thing is exactly. there's, there's hardly anyone there to to do that so hey you know let's go back to to you know fraud and you know bribes and stuff like that no one would know Terrible. because there's no one there to actually find this out you know just imagine you know joanne mccarthy the, the journalist from newcastle from the newcastle morning herald um if she hadn't have you know brought the the Catholic Church allegations to light, that probably still would never have been seen light of day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 just it's it's I suppose the sign of the times. I mean, I'm happy to be a freelancer. I'm in a position where I don't really need to rely on a wage. I'm I'm going okay, you know. Yeah, no, um, that's good. That's but, good to but, hear. But 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 again, I also know that there's a lot of other journalists. Again, like I mentioned earlier, that that have to survive to, to pay a mortgage. They're, they're taking these jobs not probably because they want to, but Probably because they have to. Yeah, exactly. Um, Michael Kane, thank you again for joining us. Thanks, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Fight the good fight, buddy. It's Michael Kane.
Celtic free kick to be taken by David Turnbull. And it's in! It's another goal for Anthony Ralston. And it hasn't taken Celtic long to open the scoring in the capital. Looking for any space in the middle. And it's in again! And it's Cameron Carter-Vickers who scores. What a start for Celtic. Place in the team, but he surely has done it under Ant Fostercoglu. Here he goes again. Pizzotta, Kyogo! Celtic are absolutely rampant. Kyogo was always going to get in on the act. Newell with the corner. Is there any way back for Ebernian? They've got one. That's a start. Ryan Porteous. Okay, uh, fantastic interview with Michael Kane. More about the journalist Michael Kane and, and what journalism's facing now. And, and I hear him um, loud and clear um, from when I sort of first started writing from the advertiser 24 years ago compared to now. And I've got to bring this up, guys, and two legends of football. Without balanced journalism, I think mm. in everything in life, things can get out of control. And, and I love the game of football and I don't think it's getting enough critique Balanced critique, which makes the game better. I don't know how you guys feel about it. It's clearly obvious, Val, that he's putting himself out there. He's a freelance, uh, as you've mentioned in the the, uh, interview Mm. there. But, you know, that's definitely going to impact on him, you know, because people will possibly avoid having to engage someone like Michael. It's it's a difficult one for... uh, But it shouldn't be the case. 100% agree with you, but, but he's actually out there. Yeah. We mentioned the percentages and whatnot. He says 90%, so there's 10% missing there, and one would assume the 10% is very, very nasty. So we're not really getting the full story, yep. but he's really putting his, he's pu- putting himself out there to 90%. For the good of the game. For mm. the good of the game, yeah. but he's going to... He, <laughs> there's a bit of, you know, I, I think he might uh, go for a job and, and find that he, he doesn't get it. Would it be right in saying that, Val? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, because I've, I've, I've noticed where I work, it had changed. About yep. stuff I wanted to write, and I was reined in, like you know, grabbed in the headlock, not in the headlock, but <laughs> whoa, 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 just yep. just pull it back, you know, leave that alone, wait till it all comes out. So yeah, you got to be very careful what you say these days. For and sure. I remember when you were playing with Adelaide United, when uh, my mate Gombau, yep, you were playing horrible football when he first took it over, and it looked like kids defending. He's playing to, and I critiqued it yep. until he snapped. And actually uh, humiliated my son, right? Which was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah. But look what happened to the team after that. Yep. All of a sudden, <laughs> we start started to playing the right way. But yeah. initially, it was it was just a joke for me to watch that team play and how so, you were playing so so yeah. high so you, with no one pressing and and doing everything wrong. And I could see him getting annoyed, and I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. By the way, are you still sending around. him Christmas cards or? You yeah, are? we're best of mates. Gombo? Best of mates. Best of pals? Yeah. Honest? Actually, he sent uh, my boy a, a message. No, he didn't. About mm. him winning man of the match last week. Uh, by the way, uh, yeah, Cello, you're, you're, the, want to talk about you're the football director of Vipers, aren't you? You're being yes. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, How are yes. You? Your son was much, yeah, man of the match. That's why <laughs> you won. It's who you know. It's who you know. Let's get on to you. So we've got in the, got you in the studio. Obviously, a legend of the game, and and you're running an academy. And now there's the Australian Academy League 
which is up and running. Yes. And this is what, the second week coming up. Yep, yep. Competition proper. On Sunday, yep. That sounds exciting. No, it is. It is. So you've got your academy. Yep. And if I had kids the right age, I'd want them to be with you. I'd want them to be with Cassio. I'd want them to be with Marcos Flores. I'd want them to be yep. with Drago. I'd want them to be with Ali Kid. You had the academy back in the day. Yep. For me, it's great. Especially professionals like yourself, Cassio, mm. Albi. I mean, you've come from Argentina. You played for clubs in Argentina, went to Turkey, played for the national team, can teach the kids. Yeah. So what sort of feedback are you getting? Yeah, look, it's, it's doing, we are doing very, very well. We started Academy six years ago, and, and now we're always trying to help the kids to, to achieve the dream. But for mm. us, I think it's something that also... We need to grow up to to clubs. Is um, that we are no we are no focus. We need to think switch the focus and try to teach the kids more life skills than just playing the game. That's why uh, I went to Vipers, a football director there, and we are trying to, to to establish and change different things. For example, we start with the well-being program. That at the moment, I think all the only other like Syria and us are doing something like that and. And we care about what we talked before, about the happiness of the players. If they make it, they make it brilliant. Maybe one player in 400 mm. is going to make it, but we need to be worried about the other 99 players that are not going to make it and what they are learning at clubs. That's why, as a part of the World in Program, I said to you, we, we are creating these activity books for, for kids and books for, for coaches to help them to, to help the kids uh, about to, to learn life skills which is for for me is the main thing in, in the sport which is great so so the world what's what do you learn in life school because this is new yeah. to me so i mean back in my day we yeah. turn up the training yeah no shin pads <laughs> a pair of boots no change rooms you get in there you'd play you'd have a fight go home yes yeah now you, know, you lose a game you might cry yeah and then <laughs> yeah exactly this is this is what happened imagine in a, in, in football we are starting with football with a the project the name is Positive Me, Train Your Mind. What we believe, I believe as a professional soccer player, the, the mind is the main thing. The mindset of the players is the main thing of, the, of the, the young kids, to be honest. So what we are trying to do here is to help the clubs and the schools, everybody that plays sports. For example, a club, we help the coaches and we help the kids as well. The coaches have to manage and coach the kids mm -hmm. and the kids have to learn through positive psychologies which I don't know if you know much about positive psychology, no, but no. It's, there is 24 character strengths there that we are touching all of those during the, the six books that we are doing, plus uh, things that happen in a team environment, like teamwork. What, what teamwork is, what, what, the, what is to train and play as a team. We talk about feeling, you said before, about crying. Okay, what happens when the kids get upset? What do they need to do? What is the strategy for them to to relax and don't feel upset. If they feel upset, how to manage this, this anger, how, how to deal with the, those things that happen all the time at games. So there is not only just to play the game, we need to teach the kids how to react when things are not going the way that they want. Uh, I think it's going to be great for kids and better for coaches because unfortunately the coaches are parents, most of them. Mm. And with that book, it's going to help the coaches to run sessions and teach a kid like a kid, like you said before, to be respectful, to be on time, to, to be disciplined, to, 
to respect everyone, to help the coaches to pack up, to help the, the kids and, and, and be close to the kids. First, we said always in, in my academy, you need to know the kids first, interact with them, and after you can correct them, after you can help them in technical or tactical ways of the, of the game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a big, big, um, a bigger conversation. But uh, what, I, what I said before about Josh, football is about happiness and the kids need to enjoy the process. And uh, I see if parents are too, too they want to be, they are under nine and they want to play under, under 12. They need to believe in the process. They need to, the kids need to show, they need to enjoy the process to play from uh, when they are junior from uh, under mm. five to under 16 in the club environment. I think this is the, the main thing. Enjoy, enjoy the process. Yeah. One of the things I've got to ask it because, you know, in the, in this world of today, um, we're going to be careful about disappointments and stuff like that. Yep. How do you teach a kid to lose and get on with it? So yeah. you wake up in the morning, yep. you've, you've lost, yep. you've lost your game, yep. get up in the morning, work harder and do it again rather than yep. I've seen, seen it too much. Yeah, they don't. You they can't handle losing. The parents can't handle losing, what? and then what happens? The what? kids get frustrated, yes. and at fifteen, sixteen, they leave the game altogether. Yes, because I think they cannot handle personal defeat. Why? That's what I'm trying to say. Well, well you tell well, me. You tell me. Because no one teaches a kid to to deal with those situations. That's why we we create this book with two professionals. One is a psychologist, as a coach in my academy. To so you're writing this kids. book, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are three three professionals. One is a teacher. One is a psychologist. We're going to get a copy when it's. I myself, uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, your son is a bit bigger, but yeah, <laughs> we we are running for for juniors at the moment, for five to to twelve, and it's it's, it's about that because after the kids get frustrated, they are not happier, and they they don't want to play anymore. Yeah, that's why they need to learn how to. How, for example, mistakes are part of the learning mm. and need to be established that from the, when, when they are five. I think uh, overall it's a point of difference for me. You know, you've got uh, people like Cello and and Marcus uh, Flores coaching and stuff like that, and it is good because it's a point of difference over uh, the, the the parents uh, coaching the kids, and it's great that they are coaching the kids at the respective clubs, domestic clubs, and and it's well accepted, but. Hearing the main focus of the academy, Cello, it's, um, you know, it's not any different f- uh, for me as opposed to your kid having a problem with mathematics in a, in a college and he goes for special coaching to get them up to speed uh, or get them up to speed uh, in the mathematics there. It's, um, but I'd like to speak to you about ch- uh, Cello, about the happy environment, understand that. Even as, as a, a former ex-pro, and you can relate to this as well, when you're left out, Sometimes you don't deal with it well. Sometimes you say the wrong thing to the coach, which puts you out for another two or three weeks because you've you've said a nasty. So so I'm really um, um, you know I like that. I really like the kids learning at an early age how to deal with things. Yeah. The other thing is though, when you get to you you mentioned um, disappointment, Val. Now disappointment in the game, it's, there's got to be continual disappointment because when you're in the academies at Man United and, and at the age of 14 or 15, there's going to be a lot of people having to drop off the edge, right? It's not any different here. If you're going to get a, a, a squad of 15 to 16 year olds, a talent squad, 
mm-hmm. that's that's got to a level that you could maybe take overseas and maybe two or three of them could get signed, for example, for a, a Brighton or a, a a Wolverhampton or a you know the, the clubs in the in your country as well, uh, Cello. That's a different thing. And and what you've actually got to educate as well is the parents. You've got to have good management yep. of the parents because regardless of how, how good the kid or how bad the kid is, that particular parent will see him as a as a Maradona. Yeah. yeah no, That's what you've got to understand. Because right. right. I've been through all that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember at my clinics, we used to have trophies where a lot of people coming up to me and saying, why did my kid not get a trophy? And I was very honest. <laughs> Yeah. To say because he never deserved the trophy because the you guy that won the trophy <laughs> is a very very talented boy and and your lad is just and up and coming and learning the game. What was your reactions yeah. like from the parents when you told them the truth? Well, disappointment. Yeah, disappointment. Yeah. So you've really got to en- encompass but, a lot of stuff, Chelo. But in yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, happened to me when I was a professional player. Uh, I never trained those kind of things, and if I knew it, uh, my my career would be much, much very different. Yeah, very, yes. very different. And I started as a psychologist when I was 27. I'm not saying that they need to, that the kid need to go to the psychologist <coughs> to understand things, but yeah. what I'm saying is that there is a lot of setback in the junior career as well. Mm. And as that is going to happen in your life, you yeah. being a soccer player, being a yeah, journalist, it's just being life. a Exactly. It's life. Absolutely. And so we need to teach life skills, not yeah. just football, but, when only 0.05% yep. of the players make as a professional what's the, player. What's that number? 0.5. So yeah. out of 100 kids, yeah. what, so 200 kids, one might make professional. <coughs> yeah. Is wow. that global? Yes. Global statistic? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's in, Austra- I know if it's in Australia or global. Yeah. I'm not mm. sure. But it, like we were saying before, it's not like with the with the media. You need the good and the bad with it because without that, same as coaching, same in anything. Even in my life with working and stuff in radio, yep. you need to um, to hear the truth, and sometimes yep. it's not good. Yep. And that's what makes you better um, as a person. I'm, I'm sure you've had along the way as a journalist, Val, you've had the, the bad feedback to uh, bad feedback. I've had threats. <laughs> Yeah, well, they, no, it's not laughable. Yeah, it's but, disgraceful. Yeah. And and if happened if to I me was a week when I, yeah. was I would have walked away. Yeah. Was that me, Val? No. <laughs> but you would have <laughs> no, had But it, you know, you it builds your um your the way your career and your the way you play in, um as well. So I think it's I think it's a good thing. The honesty you had in your academy and the same thing you're doing Carlos Oscar. I reckon it's yeah. a it's, it's a it's a good um a good way. Thank you. Yeah. So so Cello, um, and I'm happy you're in the system. And I'm hearing otherwise, and I think <clears throat> the better coaches that we get, and we've got, we're blessed in this state at the moment with these academies. Yourself, yeah. Cassio Flores, Adriano Pellegrino, Drago Klaic. There's probably other names I've forgotten. You might be able to help me here. So the progress of the actual domestic product at the moment. So we had a, the, the, the NPL grand final was, was fairly good. And, yep. uh, you know, it was uh, Comets in Adelaide City. They went on penalties. Yep. I don't know if it's just my eyes, but I'm looking at the A League and I've seen it. I've seen a decline in, a, in the actual standard to, to when you came out here as a player. I'm, I've, I've seen it like slipping a bit. Now, I don't know if it's just me because I'm standing back from the game now. Yeah. How do you see it? I don't know. There's still, there is a lot of good players, and I think uh, now with the COVID and not many foreign players can come to the country, it's changing a little bit. And but it, also at the same time as uh, Australian, also I'm happier because 
there is a lot of opportunity for young kids. Mm. So mm. you can see Cassio son playing there, the Trevor yeah, brothers, great. and this is this is amazing. It's what we need: give the kids opportunities, and after they're gonna get experience, and mm. they need to have the chance as well. Of course, the level maybe drop a little bit, uh, but in the long term, I think it's a, the good way to go. Uh, I think is 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 very important. As you as you said, we we are lucky here. We have good coaches, and. And in, in Adelaide United, what I see now, the kids get the opportunities. So uh, I think it's a win-win. Mm. I just think that with no relegation in that, that we're in a, a football environment that that really is not really like the global football that we know and we love and we respect yep. because of the professionalism. So come the day they get that would be will be a good day uh, on, on you know, like so, you, you mentioned it's dropped a little bit, and I, I do think that that's that's happened as well. You know, because we're always going to be a feeder country for all, which the, is fine. Yeah, yeah, which is right, which is okay. But no, it's, it's, it well, should be the way to go. But while all the all the clubs, in my opinion, we've had this uh, talk a lot, lot of times. I've been to the Ajax Academy, and you know, there's a there's a structure there that's a conveyor belt of players. And then they get three good players, they sell them for, you know, call it 20 million each. So they go 60 million mm. back into the coffers to take care of the youth again. If we could adopt that policy, that would be a, a, a very, very, it's not easy, I know, but but the way it's happening just now, everybody's just doing their own thing. It's not, you know, a co- it's not collective, it's not a, a combination of yeah. everybody working together. It, it's it, nothing like that. It probably has to start from below the A-League, where the NPL clubs, State League 1 and 2, have yep. kids and push them through their first team. And I've seen a couple of NPL clubs that haven't got any kids out of their junior junior development and pushing them in their first team. And it's all about winning this trophy, which costs them money to win, mm-hmm. and not looking at the bigger picture saying... You get one of your kids playing for the Socceroos in five years' time, and he gets transferred and makes you money. That's the that's the trophy. But all in you need, my opinion, yeah. all you need to yeah, do, definitely. all you need to do, guys, is go back to the two thousand and six, yeah, Socceroo team, and that that gives you an in, an indication of we are we are capable of producing players. The squad that squad two thousand and six that you were you had players there playing in the top divisions yeah. right globally. Yeah. So so it's there. We should copy what we're doing at mm. that time. Yeah. You know, Cello, I, I admire mm. Argentina because every yeah. every year I think, you know, we saw Maradona come out <laughs> and the pinnacle but every year they seem to produce players that play at the top level yeah. and are making their mark. And now obviously your Copa America champions, Messi's won his uh, obviously his first big trophy with Finally. the national team. Yeah. Why does that happen over there? I think uh, the big difference between Argentina and Australia like, is because um, football is a religion. Uh, mm. Everybody plays football everywhere. And there is this passion around. You can, like you said before, everybody is watching games every single day, every single time. I grew up playing uh, all the time and also watching games all the time. So here for kids to watch games is almost impossible. They need to be still late until nine or... When the league is the A league is is playing, mm. sometimes they can watch the games, but there is not enough enough football to watch and there is not enough opportunity to play. That's why this tournament that we are playing now with the Premier League Academy 
uh, all the academies involved is great because from October to December, normally everything is stopped and, we, and it shouldn't be that, that way. Mm. So we're doing a Vipers if we could train in once, once a week and also training with my academy. But, and I, I believe all the, the teams should be doing that. I think a lot of teams are doing it anyway. But I think help the kid to keep training. Like in every, everybody, in every country, you play for 11 months, not only six, seven months. That is the big difference. And they train more time than us, and they mm. get the, the, that way is the way that they get better. But you look at the top league, lads, and we've discussed this before. You've got 20, 22 games. That's what they're playing. 22. The, the, so, the full draw's not been released. I've heard it's going to be 22 home and away, and that's... Okay, in the professional world, you and I would have played 46 games a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 no and what happens at the end of the year, we used to go to America to play about maybe three or four exhibition games. We'd come back, and then we'd go to, Sp- well, uh, we'd go to Germany for pre- pre-season training. Mm-hmm. So there, that takes up another six weeks. So there's your, there's your year. Mm. Yeah, fifty six, uh, fifty two weeks. Yeah, w- when you look at the um, when you're comparing with the A League and when you played those, some of those leagues over there in Europe, they've got twenty or so teams in the in that league. So when you're perhaps playing a forty a forty game season, you're playing each team twice, home and away. When you look at the A League, you're only gonna you play them twice. It's only twelve teams in there, so that's twenty two games. Yeah. What do you think to get to forty four? Do we need to have around twenty minimum teams or? Do you play each team twice at home, twice away? So that's four times against each team. Is that is that too much? Is that well, for, diluted? For the for the purpose of um, the football getting better, yeah. and for the purpose of spectators going to support their team, it doesn't really matter matter how you get there. Yeah. If you've only got twelve teams, you 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 need to be working on 36, 40 games a year. Yep. So regardless how you get there in, in the short term, ideally there should be more teams. Yeah. But because of the the money situation, mm. a lot of, there's not enough uh, monies to go around to to have a a twenty team league. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. how you get there for more games, you know, devise, just do devise it. a strategy that you, you, the boys are playing more more football. Marcello, yeah. as a, a former A League player, would you like to play more games in the in the A League? Would you have loved to played? Hundred percent. Yeah. 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 Of course. Of course, like as I said, they grew up that way. Yeah. And when I came here, it was a bit different. Um, but I, all the players enjoy playing. Yeah. So how much competition we have we, better for us. We, so. But let's be honest yeah. about it. These guys in the A League here, okay, they, they, they train eight weeks. So when they be in it to get fit, mm. right? And they'll play a couple of friendlies. Yeah, training like about four months. It's, right. So eight to ten weeks will be training to get fit. Then they play 20 weeks. Hmm. Hello. Season's over. Season's over. At Party time. And, and then go on holiday. Another fan, yeah. I love to, another yeah. fan, I love to see more games. It'd be amazing to see uh, yeah. 40 yeah. games a year. All right, we're about to wrap it up. Just uh, before we go, Albie, um, a couple of things happening in the UK. Yeah, well, Shelt- What's that? Manchester United. They've got to get rid of Solskjaer. Man United is a good one to bring up. Uh, getting beat 5-0 at home, Val. Uh, he's still got his job. Johnny. Um, he's to me. He's got to go. Um, when you look at the top four teams in the league just now, you've got Man City, you've got Liverpool, you've got Chelsea, and when you look at Man United as the fourth team, well, let me tell you, the strategy or the the shape that they put out, uh, Man United are way behind the pack, and I think it is because of Ronaldo. Mm. You know, Ronaldo. Oh, you're treading on uh, shaky yep, ground here. Why? Yeah, Ronaldo will be great and. Solely to score goals and all that type of stuff. But what the Liverpools and the Man Cities have in the Chelsea, they've got good structure. You know, when they press, they press as a team. 
You know, now when you're when Oli Solskjaer is expecting Ronaldo to press uh, in the final third, it's not going to happen because he's never played like that. So he's actually structuring uh, the team around Ronaldo, uh, and I think it's false economy. Mm. So what do you do with Ronaldo? Well, basically play him spasmodically, play him as an impact player, but you'll bring him on at an important part of the, the game. Um, because the stri- you know, to get beat five 0 at home from Liverpool is just <laughs> that shouldn't happen. That really shouldn't happen, you know. So so I think a lot of work's got to be done. But I think I'm with you, Val, I think they, they probably will let Solskjaer go. Albeit that Sir Alex is um against that. He wants to keep him for the year. Uh, I've been told. I think he mm. should actually step back as well, yeah, in I'll, my opinion. Well, Conte's... He's uh, holding on to that reign a bit too long now. Conte's uh, the man that's probably going to go in there. But let's speak about our own Anish Postacoglu. Mm. Okay? He's, uh, he's back in the frame. He's, uh, he's got his guys uh, firing now. The one three one last night. Uh, Martin Boyle scoring for, scoring for Hibs. Uh, just a consolation goal over 3-0 down at the time. But Celtic sitting in second place now on 22 points. We're Rangers on top at 24. Now that's a more familiar league um, to sort of look at there with Celtic and Rangers being on the top. You know? And then uh, Walter Smith, a legend. Yeah, I must mention Walter, a, a very good friend of mine. He won a lot of championships at Rangers and he, he managed Wade Fergie at Man, Man United. I was actually, when I was playing with Motherwell, I used to go up, go up to Dundee United to, to train on the Friday uh, to save me travelling. And so I had a good relationship with, with Walter Smith. But what I would talk about legends, and we use legend, the word legend very loosely, in my opinion, but this guy was a true legend. Dealing with the law drips of this world, the Gascoins, um, or the Ali McCoys, and all, the, all these people. So, devastating news. Devastating he's news. He's getting the utmost respect from Celtic as well, which says well, something which about is the great. man. It is. He's, um, you know, he's a very, very humble individual, and um, you know, a big, big loss to um, to football. Definitely. Now, uh, just before we go, Cello, um, am I too old to come out? For- the yeah, trial? For tri- yeah, I think it's only for 18s and reserve. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you are too old. Uh, reserves? Yeah, no, no. So yeah, on the 3rd and 4th of November, we are doing the trials under 18s and reserve. So if you want to, someone want to be part of the Viper Football Club senior team, just come out at 6.30. So you'll be there? Mm-hmm. At San Clair Oval, yes, I will be there. So what time? What time are they 6.30. 6.30. 6.30 star. So yeah. So what are those dates again? Under 18s and, and reserve on the 3rd and 4th of November. Perfect. Okay, Wednesday and Thursday. And what just, about. Oh. Sorry, just closing off Johnny, Val, Cello. Yep. Man United, they're playing Tottenham this weekend away from home. If they get beat that game, I think Ollie's going to be staring down the barrel. Hmm. You heard it here first. <laughs> Correct. Hey, uh, before we let you go, Marcello, um, how would they get in? Uh, how would they get in contact with you for the Karuska Football Academy if they want to enrol their kids? Yeah, they can send an email to us to info at karuskaacademy.com.au. Yep. Uh, yeah, and we we reply as soon as we can. And can also follow you on Instagram as well. Follow on Instagram. Yep. Yeah, Instagram and Facebook. We are there also can send a message to Facebook as so is the one. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Karuska. Thank you very much for the invitation. Val, Albie, what a great show. Cheers, lads. Great show. We'll see you all next week. Hopefully we've got more big news next week in the world of football. It's a real football show on Triple M.